non-rock a boatus must stop. I don't want to rock the boat. I want to sink it. Are you going to bark all day, little doggy, or are you going to bite? Brett, delusional. Delusional is okay in your worldview. I'm an animal. You don't chastise chickens for being delusional. You don't chastise pigs for being delusional. So you calling me delusional using your worldview is perfectly okay. It doesn't really hurt. <laughs> she hung up on me. Yes! Yes! What? What? Desperate times call for faithful men and not for careful men. The careful men come later and write the biographies of the faithful men, lauding them for their courage. Go into all the world and make disciples. Not go into the world and make buddies. Not to make brosives. Right. Don't go in the world and make homies. Right. Disciples. Well, I, yeah. got a, I got a bit of a jiggle neck. <laughs> <laughs> That's a joke, Pastor. When we have the real message of truth, we cannot let somebody say they're speaking truth when yeah. they're not. May he have dominion from sea to sea and from the river to the ends of the earth. May desert tribes bow down before him and his enemies lick the dust. I love that. May the kings of Tarshish and of the coastlands render him tribute. May the kings of Sheba and Seba bring gifts. May all kings fall down before him. All nations serve him. That's Psalm 72, y'all. Go check it out. And I uh, got a little like, jumping around in the back. Is that the audio on your side might, or my, my side? I think side? it might be okay. Skype. All right, guys. Hey, we are on today talking with a very special guest. I am Jeff. They call me the Ninja. That's Luke the Bear. What up? This is Apologia Radio. It's the gospel heard around the world. You guys can get more at ApologiaStudios.com. That's A-P-O-L-O-G-I-A Studios. Dot com. When you go to ApologiaStudios.com, you're going to get over, pro- probably at this point, close to 400 radio and podcast episodes. And you're going to get all of the TV shows, after shows, Apologia Academy through Apologia All Access. If you're watching this right now across them internets, uh, just know that this live show right now is happening. And all that you see coming from Apologia Studios is happening because of our partners in ministry yep. with Apologia All Access. So what we wanted to do is provide a foundation to be able to equip and train and bless you through Apologia uh, Studios. And the way you guys can get all that content is uh, go to ApologiaStudios.com, get All Access. You're going to get um, even Dr. White's new church history series that's going right now. It's ongoing. You can get stuff from uh, Douglas Wilson. You can get stuff from, uh, let's see here, John Sampson from me. You can get stuff from, goodness gracious, Andrew Sandlin we have mm-hmm. up there. We have all kinds, Joe Boot, all kinds mm-hmm. of Academy stuff up there. Nate Wilson, great stuff, all there at Apologia, all access under the Academy. Uh, great stuff to do in Bible studies and groups, a uh, whole series on apologetics, Christian apologetics, defending your faith. And, of course, when you guys sign up for all access, you make everything we do possible. So if you see videos going up right now of us out doing evangelism, say in... Um, at Salt Lake City, at the mm-hmm. General Conference, if you see us out uh, in front of an abortion clinic, if you see us out in front of Mormon temples and what have you, all of that content is happening and available to you because 
Somebody is standing right next to us as a ministry partner through Apologia All Access. Absolutely. That's why it's all happening. So uh, thank you guys so much for those of you guys who have partners with us for many, many years. We love and appreciate you. And um, want to get started today with a very actually important show. Yep. Luke and I were actually, Pastor Luke and I were just talking about this subject. Yeah, we uh, were last week, I think. That was, yeah, it was last week. Yeah. And then all of a sudden I see this ad mm-hmm. come up from, uh, from our friend uh, Dr. Wilson um, about uh, his new book and... We're going to bring them on here. I'll, I'll let Pastor Luke actually, why don't you play that, the advertisement for the book? Because I want people to hear that to sort of get context. Uh, some of you guys may remember uh, Dr. Gordon Wilson from the movie that we helped to promote a bit a mm-hmm. while back. It was called The Riot and the Dance. If you have not seen The Riot and the Dance, you have to watch it tonight. So uh, good. It is so good. Uh, and I do want to find out from Dr. Wilson when part two is coming out. Yeah. Uh, but Ride in the Dance, I believe, is available on Amazon Prime and uh, other places, but Amazon Prime at least. Um, go check out the Ride in the Dance. I am in love with that film. Uh, Christian worldview, look at creation, mm. and it'll blow your mind. It's excellent. I can't wait for the next one. Um, but Ride in the Dance, Dr. Wilson, you'll see him there. We love Dr. Wilson. I ran into uh, Gordon uh, yeah, you- when I was leaving Tapped yeah. um, in Moscow. With I, your root beer. With my root beer. I ran root, into... Root yeah, beer. Root beer. Just I, I ran, clear yeah, about Everyone's that. freaking out about that. Uh, um, could have just as easily been against us, but... <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but I, I le- I'm leaving. I ran into Gordon. We were, we were going to try to actually get something with him while I was there, but didn't get a chance mm-hmm. to, which, which I was bummed about. But uh, we have him on now. Uh, Gordon, again, did right in the dance. You need to get to know him through that. Make sure you sit down with your family. Watch it tonight. You will not be disappointed. I believe you will love it. Um, but I did see that Dr. Wilson has a new book, and uh, the name of the book, I'm pulling it up right here, A Different Shade of Green, A Biblical, listen, Approach to Environmentalism and the Dominion Mandate. Big question right now, hot topic, huge discussion. Yeah. Uh, we've got people telling us that uh, we only have 12 years left uh, before ultimately all of creation dies and humans die or start the process of dying along with right. it. Uh, we have all kinds of things uh, t- taking place now in the area of legislation, forced legislation, uh, in terms of uh, the environmentalism that's being propagated around the world. And so I think a lot of times Christians will see that and they'll be opposed to this um, environmentalist and hyper-concern mm-hmm. for the earth mm-hmm. in a really weird kind of way. That ends up infringing on really human rights right. and ends up being very destructive to the environment, actually. Yeah, yep. And so we, we tend to go one of two directions. Rather than having a balanced biblical view of the environment, creation itself, all those things, we end up going one of two directions. Either we go wonky into the liberal environmentalism that which ends is up— Which just worship. It, which, which is creation worship. Yep. And it ends up destroying the environment and, and, and it ends up destroying the image of God in many ways. Uh, or we, we go the— the other direction where we so are opposed to that nonsense that Christians will say like, don't care, don't care. Yeah. And just whatever. Throw their trash. We're getting, the raptured, we're getting and, raptured anyways yeah. out of here. It doesn't make a difference. Yeah. Like the world's going to get burned up anyways, any moment. So recycling it, is stupid. It, it doesn't make a difference. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, so we're going to talk about that. And uh, Pastor Luke, go ahead. All right, here we go. Here's my new book, a different shade of green. A Christian Approach to Environmentalism and the Dominion Mandate by me, Gordon Wilson. You know, nowadays there's uh, a lot of polarization 
happening with the environmental movement. There's a lot of uh, crazy uh, governmental regulations and Christians uh, are often confused about what to do. You've got reactionaries in both directions, you know, sort of a redneck reactionary against the environmental movement because there's just a lot of fruitiness uh, going on and uh, overbearing governmental regulations. And then you've got other Christians that are just falling off the other side of the boat, drinking the Kool-Aid of uh, the environmental agenda. What I want people to do is to take the biblical principles in this book and apply it to their sphere of influence and to apply those biblical principles in a, in a non-reactionary way that's guided by the, the scriptures. You know what I love? This is the truth, the truth before God. I love the unity. Everything he just said there, I, didn't, I never even watched the ad. Like I didn't even watch it. Like that's exactly what my feeling about it. And I never even watched the oh, ad. Funny. Dr. Gordon Wilson is senior fellow of natural history at New St. Andrews College. Get your kids if they are college age to New St. Andrews guys uh, in Moscow, Idaho, and has also taught a wide array of biology courses at Liberty University. He received his PhD in environmental science and public policy from George Mason University in 2003. Gordon is the author of the biology textbook, The Riot and the Dance, and is featured in the nature documentary of the same name. He is also a regular contributor to Answers Magazine. Gordon and his wife, Meredith, have four children and a growing number of grandchildren. What's up, Dr. Wilson? Welcome to Apologia Radio. Hi, Jeff. Uh, thanks for ha having me. Absolutely. Great to be here. Absolutely, brother. Very excited to have you. All right. I actually wore my NSA shirt today. I don't know if you noticed yeah, that. Yeah, I didn't even notice just, that. Just for Dr. Wilson. Oh, New St. Andrews. That's great, great. I can't see you guys. I know. So. Yeah, I know. I know. Someday we'll have the technology that I, allows that. I loved, I think my favorite part of that commercial, what was it? You said redneck reactionary response. <laughs> I love so, it. It's so Wilson-esque. I know. I love it. It's so Wilson-esque. All right. <laughs> Um, all right, well, let's get into it. Um, let's start to talk. Well, let's, let's, well, I'm going to do two things here. Let's layer it, Dr. Wilson. First, let's talk about Riot in the Dance so we can make sure people get a chance to see that. What is the Riot in the yeah. Dance and why should people watch it? Well, I, I have the uh, Blu-ray right here. And uh, it is um, basically, just like the subtitle says, a cinematic celebration of creation. Um, you could say if, there, if you wanted to find an equivalent of sort of a secular um uh version and that would be sort of planet earth yeah. you've got the seculars uh doing uh stuff they've been doing it for a real long time um and then our part two is going to be water so that'd be like um you know blue planet i don't like to compare it just because it's apples and oranges um uh and their worldview is uh very almost not just the BBC, but every nature documentary that you see out there, almost every one is uh, completely saturated with an evolutionary worldview. And um, one of the reasons um, we did this is because an investor in Moscow came to my nephew, N.D. Wilson, and said, you know, I'm sick and uh, this is a I don't know exactly the quote, but he's he was basically saying I'm sick and tired of uh, nature. Well, he liked nature documentaries and his family liked nature documentaries, but they were so fed up with the evolutionary worldview. Uh, and he wanted Nate to uh, direct um, uh, a nature documentary. So Nate being my next door neighbor and uh, his 
outdoorsy, nature-loving uncle uh, that took him out insect collecting and uh, did a little nature hikes when he was a little kid. Uh, he immediately um, thought of me as the narrator. So he asked me if I'd be the narrator, and I said, you bet. Yeah. Um, and that was, I think, 2015, and we uh, filmed, I'm not sure exactly uh, the duration of all of the filming because it was, you know, off and on and worked in with my teaching schedule. But uh, we filmed in various uh, locations in the United States. And then we went overseas uh, to uh, Sri Lanka and filmed in a number of different uh, ecosystems there. Uh, so it has a very wide array of uh, different um, habitats, ecosystems uh, that we we film various animals in. Yeah. Um, yeah. Of course, all of the glory honor uh, goes to uh, our Lord, uh, creator of all of it. And that's what was sadly missing in all of these nature doc documentaries, mm. Nat Geo, uh, Planet Earth, all of the BBC stuff. Um, it It is really sad. And so we're just trying to uh, give credit to where credit is due. Yes, and I mm. uh, got a chance to, we sat down with uh, for dinner with uh, with Nate, I think he's yeah. already told us, mm -hmm. he told us about the, yeah. your experience in part two, yeah. where you talk about water, and you the guys were off shirts. the you guys were off the coast of, 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 of one of the Hawaiian islands, yeah. and you guys were yeah. in the water and being surrounded by sharks, and uh, Nate was telling us about a pretty harrowing experience. Uh, yeah, uh, he likes the that sharks. story. Yeah, he does. And you guys are both, story. you guys are crazy. Yeah, That's all I, I have to say. I was the, yeah, we were <laughs> off the north shore of Oahu and um, circled by about 20 to 30 sharks. And um, they were Galapagos sharks and sandbar sharks um, from five to eight feet long. And uh, I was getting woozy. There was a bit of a swell. I don't know if I had some kind of bug because I don't normally get, um, seasick especially if i'm in the water mm. and i had to get out of the out of the water and of course we had pretty strict instructions always keep your eyes on the sharks yeah. and um and when you get onto the boat you have to uh go up the ladder backwards so that you're facing the sharks oh and not your rear end and um <laughs> no thanks. i was trying to get out as fast as i could so i could get myself to the other side of the boat and hurl but um i made it to the top of the ladder and and um uh threw up there and chummed the water quite significantly <laughs> um, and a lot of the uh fish started going after that oh. cameramen were in the water oh, then no. the sharks started getting agitated and oh, no. darting um so that was that was exciting. I I just couldn't couldn't hold it back. It was oh no, oh, yeah. I, w I would never even gotten in the water with you. I, no. would, I would have stood on the top and looked down and said I would have cheered you guys on and right. prayed for the best for you. I may chum up this table now after yeah. hearing that story. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so okay. So just real. So real that, that was just yeah filming sharks and um, that was the behind the scenes um, there. Yeah. So part two, uh, just real quick, do you know when that might possibly come out? Uh, I'm going to be nice and vague, and I'll let you ask uh, Nate okay. um, uh, or Aaron, that. but hopefully sometime in mid-fall. Okay. 
So I'll, but, I'll, I'll talk to the guys and find out. Maybe we'll have you guys on to talk about that too. Yeah. That would be great. All right. So here we go. Dr. Wilson, you have a new book coming out. And uh, this book, it's, I'm assuming that there's some critique in it of the modern environmentalism yeah. that we have to face. And then you're also talking about the biblical balance of yeah. ca- caring about creation, the dominion mandate. So go ahead and start firing away. Give us some foundations. I guess let's do that first for our audience listening live right now. Um, right. When you critique the modern environmentalism, I would say, what are you saying and what's wrong? Like, how do you go after it? Well. Do we lose you? Uh-oh. Oh, looks like, oh, do we lose you? Dr. Wilson, you there? Nope. Just in time for a pagan. Not much of a difference, but a biblical approach to environmentalism and the dominion mandate. Um, You know, as the the title sets up an antithesis, Uh, we we see that uh, I say a different shade of green. So I'm setting myself up against the uh, what is what we think of as the green movement. Mm -hmm. Um, We are not green that way. so I have to address that and uh, talk about uh, some of the problems. Um, the environmental agenda, like you said, is often uh, reactionary because they want people to put their faith and their trust in the state. And in order to do that, um, you have to convince the people that there is a big problem and that the state is their savior. Mm-hmm. Um, and they are really good at um, really uh, exaggerating environmental problems. And I, like I said, there's reactionaries both ways. When, when we see the environmental ag- agenda um, uh, making non-problems into problems or exaggerating real problems, but making them over the top so that people think it's going to be global doom, very soon if we don't do something now and don't in, uh, and don't if we don't vote in all these green candidates or left or liberal candidates we're we're all going to burn up on this planet because of what we're we're just destroying things so quickly and that kind of that kind of exaggeration will you know get people uh, worked up and uh, and then the the, the other side of the boat, people say, that's just ridiculous. And then they react against, like uh, you were saying, Jeff, they react against everything that the environmentalists hold dear, and then they lose the balance. Right. Um, because they uh, forget, it's very easy because you're wanting to reject everything uh, an eco-tyrant is saying like that. you wind up throwing some baby out with the bathwater. Man, I like that. Eco tyrant. Um, li- can we can we take that? Can we just we'll start hashtagging that eco tyrant? I love that. Such, <laughs> such a great way to express that wow. eco tyrant. Hashtag eco. Have did you did you make that word? Um, I don't know. I, I would think that it would have been been coined by now. I don't. I think I use it once in my book okay I'm, well i like I'm not it sure well i'll make sure if i give I point, I make if sure I you get credit it, for it uh, inadvertently that's that's great all right well make sure you get you get some royalties for it you know i'm not i'm not spending my whole time going after um the secular agenda um what i really 
want to do is uh, lay out biblical principles uh, that uh, we need to follow um, without being reactionary for or against. I sort of lay out some stereotypes at the beginning from, um, you know, Andy Green Andy to uh, Green Greta and everything, uh, several in between, like apathetic April and pre-mill Pete. Um, and I, I lay out some stereotypes sort of uh, humorously, but then talk a little bit about real people that fit those camps. Um, but uh, it's broken into three parts. And the, the first part is uh, biblical reasons for wise dominion. You know what? I want to think biblically through this whole thing without reacting uh, one way or another. Uh, what does the Bible say how we are to treat the creation that he's given us? And so the main um, the main uh, verse that is um, our charge is uh, Genesis 128. Um, that's called the dominion mandate yep. that we are to rule over the uh, birds of the air, the beasts of the field, the birds of the air, the fish of the sea. Basically, the dominion mandate is uh, if you look at it and in, if you really just ponder that verse, it is um, global wildlife management. Mm. Huh. That's big. We okay. think of, oh, mm. that's a major at college, wildlife management. Like yeah. That. Now, the Dominion mandate is global wildlife management. And in order to manage well, you have to know your charges. And we're, we've been given Dominion over it. And one of the, um, and so the part two is, you know, practical, you know, once I established a biblical theology of, um, you know, what are our duties there, then I go um, and how we're to um, exercise wise dominion. I, I look at the biblical reasons and then the practical reasons. The practical reasons are the ones that we've, we've discovered through our own trial and error and scientific research, ecology and things like that. What have we found out? Uh, notwithstanding all of the the crazy rhetoric from um, our uh, green uh, and eco tyrants, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about real level-headed ecologists. What do we know about the world? What have we done badly, um, and how should we remedy that from a biblical perspective? Right. Um, so. Uh, Biblical reasons, then practical reasons, and then part three is just problems that we are facing today and solutions. Ultimately, I get into the gospel as the the um, the ultimate solution because um, I don't like. I'm not a political person, un unlike my. Well, my brother is much more interested in politics than I am. Uh, I am. I am not just because. Uh, it's really hard to sort through all of the chaff to find the wheat. You're busy with other um, things. Uh, yeah, I've got yeah. other things to do. I'm not against uh, knowing and being in the know about all the political uh, winds of doctrine blowing um, in every direction. But uh, I want um, in this, uh, I don't like top-down command and control. I do know that there needs to be laws that, you know, it says in Romans 13 that the laws are for those that um, are to keep the the people without consciences in check. Mm -hmm. 
you know, the, whatever they can get away with, they all get away with unless they get possible punishment. If they get punished, they'll be kept in check. But the Christian is supposed to be, um, the Christian is to be self-governing. That's right. So that that's right. All um, society just wouldn't unravel if you didn't have law enforcement. If it was all Christian, it wouldn't unravel. Um, and what I want to do is appeal to the Christian and say, let's let's look at the Dominion mandate. Not what what kind of legislation do we need to impose on you to make this planet a better place. But what can we do at the grassroots level? What does the gospel do mm. um, in our lives? Um, I use I quote some of Francis Schaeffer's um, book called Pollution and the Death of Man that he wrote back in 1970. Uh, seven, uh, 1970. And um, one of his quotes was, if I love the lover, I love what the lover has made. It sounds sort of sappy, but um, it. You know, if you look at it philosophically, if I love God, then I should uh, start to love what he made. Uh, apart from the dominion mandate, um, you know, if, if, if God is the artist, if God is the engineer, the sculptor that created all of this, then um, I, should, I should be interested in taking care of that especially since he told me to. That's right. That's right. Very, very important. So when you, when you talk through this, Dr. Wilson, you mention some of the things that are overstated or overblown that people will hear about on the other side, mm -hmm. that, that, that Christians will you know, react against. And there's all kinds of science and, and all kinds of studies that, that examine those things, refute them publicly, and you know, we're, we're dealing with those on a regular basis. But what are the sorts of things that, that are said about the environment and the and that you know people are saying the sky is falling and like we have twelve years left? What are some of those th examples that you would have? Uh, maybe, you know, maybe one or two of something that is either a myth or it is overblown that we can sort of like say, okay, I, I can put that in the right category, and then we don't have to overreact against in terms of like let's right. now balance that out with like this is what God says and here's what we can be doing. What what would that look like? Well, some of the things I talk about. Uh... I talk about alternative energy and I, I look at, you know, whether it's wind and solar and I don't want to spoil the whole book, but, um, um, but I deal with those things and saying, are these things that uh, are from promoted as green, are they really green? Mm. Um, and I, I look at behind the scenes and saying a lot of these things that are supposed to be uh, our savior um, aren't as, are not green. Mm -hmm. Plus, they require enormous, and enormous is an understatement, enormous government subsidies, uh, and they never pay for themselves. Right. And so I'm not categorically against um, a somebody having a windmill if they've crunched the numbers and it works, mm -hmm. and they can actually power their farm with the wind. That's great. But if you need government subsidies, to uh, make it affordable, then no, we need free market solutions to mm -hmm. energy. I'm not opposed to having other energy sources, but they they must not require uh, these outlandish government subsidies. 
Well, I guess, uh, and I think uh, to, to put this down, I don't want to take you too off, uh, off course here, Dr. Wilson. The government doesn't have the, the mandate before God right. to be involved in those sorts of things. Right. It is, right. yeah. yeah, it is theft to steal uh, so, so money and property from mm-hmm. citizens right. to pay for these sorts of things. It's not the government's role, so it's wrong in, in principle, but in God's law yeah. uh, to be doing such a thing. Right. So just so two different issues there. It's wrong to uh, tax us like crazy to pay for these things that don't that don't pay for themselves and are not that green. And so we look at the cradle to grave type expense and what they do in the mining of these uh, rare minerals to make um, uh, solar panels or windmills. It's just not it's just not green. Plus, it can't pay. It's just not economically good. Um, I, I look at that. I look at global warming. And um, the thing is, I, I, I don't get it. My book doesn't have all these bar pie charts and bar graphs. I don't get into all of the data. But I do um, want people, I, I, I don't want to get people to uh, tell, I don't want to tell people what to think. I want to tell people how to think, uh, how to think through these issues, how, how to do homework and don't just be blown by winds of doctrine. Right. Um, look at, look at, um, the, uh, the, uh, well, again, I don't want to, um, be a spoiler for the for the book, but the um, we have to ask three basic questions, which I'll do in the book, and that is: is is the globe warming? Okay. Uh, secondly, if it is, did we cause it? Mm. And three, mm. uh, is it necessarily bad? That's good. If if it is warming, mm. so we we look at those three questions, and I go into mm. some. Um, I like that. Some detail. No, that does important, but, and and I think that 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 should get everyone excited in terms of getting the book itself. Yeah. Because that's the that's the central thrust of the attack from the other side. Oh yeah. At this point, is is it's warming. We and, caused it. Yeah. And yeah. and, 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 and I have, want people to realize that you can actually be um, <clears throat> that you can love God's creation without. Um, and be green of a sort. But a lot of seculars think, well, if you love the environment, you're going to automatically um, <clears throat> agree with us. <clears throat> Excuse me. Agree with us on all of our mm-hmm. uh, reforms and all of our advice. And my point in the book is to show how Christians can be truly green um, without uh falling for all of their um craziness right well it's Uh, i think think we should we should work towards biodiversity conservation Mm -hmm. um which uh i don't think that god made all this diversity so that we can whittle away at it um Mm. that's a good point uh you know um i don't think extinction is wise dominion at all (laughs) good point (laughs) uh i think that if we are just only concerned about filling the world up with us. Uh, I don't. I don't have any uh, 
problem. It says we are to fill the earth, but it also said um, to have the birds of the air and the beasts of the field, um, I think, where it is in the Bible. Um, it says in Genesis that the, the, the um, some, some of the creation <clears throat> is uh, also supposed to fill the earth. Hmm. Um, let's see. Well, that's and uh, God bless them. Yeah. This is on day five, the birds and the sea creatures. It said, be fruitful and multiply and fill the waters and the seas and let the birds multiply on the earth. Hmm. So it's not just us multiplying. It's um, <clears throat> at least sea creatures and birds. And I think by analogy, the, the rest. Wow. So that's actually um, a pretty potent little point there. Dr. Wilson. Yeah, I never that's thought a, about that. That's a good point. Yeah. A very good point. So, um, Let's do this. Let's uh, take a break. We're going to take a quick break here, guys. Uh, pause, uh, take a bathroom break, all that stuff. A couple minutes here, and we'll come right back. A few more minutes with Dr. Wilson talking. I'm going to ask him, uh, hopefully, some more uh, questions that will probe and challenge uh, with this issue a little bit more and uh, get us in a place where we can think about it biblically, according to biblical principles and biblical law, with the Bible underneath us so that we can actually do stuff in, in related to this discussion to the glory of God and... Um, for the sake of his name and all of creation. And uh, mm -hmm. to really, I think, take back some of yeah. this stuff. I don't like it when unbelievers and humanists and secularists are thinking about creation in a Christian way and we're not. Uh, I don't like that at all. Right. Uh, right. It shouldn't be that way. So we need to take it back biblically and think about these things in a more biblical fashion and make sure that we take all of this back for the glory of God. So stay with us, guys. Quick break. We will be right back. Make sure you share this across your social media, and we'll see you in a minute. Welcome back, everybody, to Apologia Radio, the gospel heard around the world. Uh, I'm Jeff the Ninja. That's Luke the Bear right there. What up? We are back right now. Go to ApologiaStudios.com to get more content. You guys can go there. There's actually a store there that will be filled very, very soon with all kinds of wonderful stuff for you guys. There are tracks there right now for you guys to do evangelism with Mormons. And uh, we have a Jehovah's Witness one we're putting there soon. We have a gospel track there. Uh, people, we're putting those out constantly all around the world, guys. So praise God for that. Also, we're going to have T-shirts and all kinds of other things there. You can go to the store there, but also you can get all of the radio shows, after shows, Apology Academy, TV show, everything there. Sign up for All Access, guys. Partner with us in ministry. Help us to bring the gospel to the ends of the earth. Mm -hmm. um, hey, so we're talking today about environmentalism. We're talking about the biblical dominion mandate, and we're doing it with our good friend, Dr. Gordon Wilson. He is a professor at New St. Andrews College in Moscow, Idaho. Uh, make sure you guys go check out um, nsa.edu for more info of New St. Andrews, guys. Get connected there. It's a wonderful, wonderful college and school. So, Pastor Luke, it's all yours. Yeah, so just to kind of bring us back from what we talked about there before the break, um, the, re the reason why this discussion is so important, and in case people missed this, um, just recently at the, the Democratic presidential uh, circus, uh, the other <laughs> um, uh, this was a big topic, you know, the green stuff and environmentalism. It's, and, uh, it's yeah. like the main thing. And I can't remember which candidate it was, uh, forgive me, but he, he said that he literally said that if all fossil fuels are not completely done away with in 15 years, essentially that we're done, the earth is done. Um, and it's just like, you know, it's, it's, it's stupid. There's no science to back it. It's just ridiculous. Right. Um, right, but I I listened. Uh, Gordon and I were, or Doctor Wilson, I should say, we were talking about this before the show. Um, 
And if you guys haven't had a chance to check out the Cross Politic episode they did recently with Dr. Cal Beisner, you have to check it out. It's it goes right along with what we're talking about, and this was brought up in in that show. And it's it's a really really fascinating discussion. Um, but the point I'm the point I'm getting to is that it's 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 in the news. It's it's being talked about. It's a popular thing, and this is the sort of thing that we as Christians have to have to be able to have answers for when someone makes a ridiculous claim like that. Mm-hmm. It's important for us to not just say, "Oh, that's stupid," right? We need to be able to say right. it's stupid, and this is <clears throat> why it's stupid, right? Like yeah. we need to be able to, just like any other, just like yeah. anything else, we need to, <clears throat> we need to be grounded in truth and be and be able to speak into that. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, they're very good at exaggerating uh, a lot of things. Yeah. And back in the '70s, you know, there was the the popular the the instead of global warming, it was the population bomb. Mm. Yeah. So, th- and the the alarmism there, the doomsdayers uh, or doomsayers, they were basically saying that there's going to be hundreds of millions of people starving to death. Uh, we, um, that was the prediction. And these, these were predictions by a very, um, uh, very big and uh, prestigious um scientists, ecologists who were making these predictions, and they were uh, catastrophically wrong. And it, we, we need to realize that their track record is very bad. They're treating humans as animals from an ecological perspective. Mm-hmm. Animals will have a particular intrinsic rate of increase. They'll, um, there's a doubling time, whether it's bacteria, which is a fast doubling time, to elephants, uh, some increase slowly, some, but uh, humans are different. They uh, all things kind of increase until they reach a carrying capacity, which is that level or population that uh, supports them. Um, and once they exceed that, then their population goes back down. And the predictions were that it would just keep on increasing until we would just exhaust all of our food and just die. But they didn't really factor in very well that humans are very innovative in solving problems. And we are not like the animals and the beasts. We mm. we find solutions and we defy these barriers and these boundaries. Um, we fix things. We Things that look like it's going to be a problem and all of a sudden people are just innovating like crazy. And what was a potential problem is now been... Uh, averted just because people are uh, smart. You know, mm-hmm. think about uh, Holland. They've been below a good, I don't know how much of the country is below sea level, but they've been holding the seas back for for centuries. Mm. That's amazing. Um, yeah. And <laughs> holding so the sea back. Okay. We're, we're problem solvers. Right. Uh, I'm not saying that, uh, you know, I, I really doubt there's going to be that much of a sea rise, but um, you know, we, we discussed that even if there was warming and there was a sea rise, um, we have solutions to these problems and we can, we can deal with them. Um, but notice that the, the people that are dealing with problems, uh, uh, they may not be Christian nations now, but they, um, they were, their heritage had a very strong Judeo-Christian ethic. 
science and technology arose out of a Christian worldview. And uh, they're still uh, really operating on the capital that the Christian worldview gave them. And so they have the tools now, even if they've, they're considered post-Christian, they have the tools to uh, hold the sea back. Mm-hmm. Um, and other countries that may be in a similar predicament of being at very low, uh, low elevation, like Bangladesh, they are in a different position because they don't, um, uh, they, they don't have a long, long heritage of a Christian worldview. Yeah, you can import great, you know, engineers, uh, civil engineers there. And, but again, it's, it's a different deal. There's, there's not that saturating uh, uh, of centuries of a Christian uh, worldview. Right. Um, now, these are things that are hard to prove, but I mean, even secularists uh, will say that, um, even non-Christians will say that Christianity gave rise to science and technology. Mm-hmm. Of yeah. course. And well, we, can, we can, we can, we uh, can overcome these problems. But at the same time, rather than react, you know, for, for example, uh, I don't think CO2 is a bad gas at all. It exactly. just increases photosynth- photosynthesis. When you do burn fuels, uh, we do make some bad chemicals. And I'm all for um, trying to figure out ways to make our emissions cleaner. Mm-hmm. I mean, our bottom line principle is love your neighbor. Love your neighbor is so the principle. Love yes. your neighbor. Yes. And love God. Mm-hmm. And when you love your neighbor, uh, love God, you're going to do good to your neighbor. And that means if you're a just a single homeowner, you're going to love your neighbor by not having your uh, home look like uh, it was just hit by a tornado last week. <laughs> I mean, it, sh- it shouldn't be an eyesore. Yes. And uh, people should look at how you uh, run your little green space and and not be disgusted. Um, and if you are a CEO of a huge power plant mm-hmm. and you're a Christian, what should you do? Mm-hmm. Love your neighbor. Does that mean only love those that are your consumers? Or do you just love, uh, is it those that just are ready to pay the money for your product? Or do you love your your neighbors as far as those that are affected by all of your effluent mm-hmm. and all of your emissions? And of course, they'll say, I do follow all the regs. I, you know, I jump through all the hoops. But often we're so busy looking at it, uh, obeying environmental regulations that we forget about loving our neighbor. Mm. Yes. And I think sometimes loving your neighbor means that you exceed the environmental mm-hmm. regs. Yeah, nothing not to see, yeah. not see what you can get away with and not get busted and not pay, compl- you know, compliance costs. You know, we are only thinking profit margins. And sometimes to love your neighbor means that you have to pay uh, more money out. I'm glad I'm not a CEO. You know, that's a lot of responsibility, but um, you might have to pay more to uh, mitigate all of your nasty uh, chemicals that you might right. be making. I'm not saying it's wrong to make those nasty chemicals, but you, again, the underlying principle is love your neighbor. Yeah, mm. could it harm them? Yep. Yeah, you you don't want to be uh, cranking out la- awful gases uh, into the atmosphere. Um, 
even if they're at acceptable legal levels mm. or you're polluting the streams at acceptable. Well, you know, love your neighbor. Right. Do right. do if I was if, put yourself in the shoes of your your downstream neighbor that was there before your factory went in, you know, just love your neighbor. And these are hard questions. I'm not saying they're easy answers, but a, a Christian needs to think hard about uh, not just not just obeying laws, but loving God, loving their neighbor. And that's why I'm very keen on a grassroots uh, love of God's creation, not a um, top-down command and control. This is what Uncle Sam is telling me I've got to do. It's He's breathing down my neck. I've got to do this, that, and the other thing. Um, we should be motivated out of a love for God and a love for our brothers and sisters mm -hmm. in Christ and those that don't know the Lord, uh, love love your neighbor. Um, God made a wonderful diversity, and I think we should maintain it. Um, I think there's there's so many ways that uh, that's a big part of what my book's about is um, whatever your sphere of influence is, whether you just own a, a, a cat, a dog, a turtle, a snake, um, exercise wise dominion with the things that God has given you. And if you have a bigger sphere of influence, then, um, then again, love God and your neighbor um, in that bigger sphere. Bigger sphere, bigger responsibilities, more homework. Mm. Um, but that's... Um, very good. Yeah, I've been rambling, but no, 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 it's good. Oh, that's excellent. excellent. Yeah, really so good. let's let's send everyone to the right spot, Doctor Wilson. Where can people go to get uh, one, the ride and the dance, and two, your new book addressing this subject? Okay, uh, ride the dance. Uh, you can get it at Canon Press. Uh, if you want a Blu-ray, you can get it in Canon Press. Uh, there's a number of places where you can get it. Um, Streaming, you can get it streaming, I think, on iTunes and Google Play. You can, uh, as you had mentioned, Amazon Prime. I think you can uh, watch it. Uh, for, is it still free on Amazon Prime? I, I don't know. I, last time I saw it, I'm I not sure. I think it was. Last time I saw it was, yeah. too. Um, you can also get it in DVD uh, on Amazon. Um, so a number of outlets as far as streaming. Um and uh, and the book and the book you can get it at Canon Press. Um, and I don't know, is it up on Amazon now? But I sure. imagine it would be by now. Yeah. yeah. So Canon Press and the name, and then give everyone the title of the book again. The title: Different Shade of Green: A Biblical Approach to Environmentalism and the Dominion Mandate. Forward by N. D. Wilson. Perfect. All right, Dr. And, Wilson, um, go ahead. And also, it'll be available in audio because um, Canon Press is having me come in and um, read it. So um, they're taping it, and it will be available sometime in audio. It's books. not up on Amazon yet. It's, it's up not. there, but it says unavailable. Okay, so. all right. So Canon Press, I think it's canonpress.com or org, yeah. All right, Dr. Wilson, uh, thank you yeah. so, so much. Canonpress.com, Okay. I Perfect. Dr. Wilson, thank, thank you so you much so for much. joining us today, giving us all of your time. We love having you. Can't wait to have you on again to talk about more of this and even to talk about Ryan and the Dance yes. Part 2. Can't I'm wait for that. for that. Yeah. All right, Great. brother. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Thank our you. pleasure. We'll talk to you sometime soon. Thank you so much. All right.
You bet. Bye. Bye bye. All right. So you know one of the things that I was uh, interested in 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 bringing up there. We have just a few minutes left here, guys. So if you guys are hanging on, I think this is really important. Go check out everyone who's watching right now. Go or listening on podcast. Go check out Dr. Peter Jones um, oh. and his content on oneism and twoism. Yes. It's really interesting to, to have it really whittled down to that those two points, oneism and twoism. There's some great lectures up right now. I think actually Peter Jones did something at Canon's. Yeah, I think it's Canon Wired on YouTube. Yeah, they yeah. did. They he did a, um, a lecture there, um, and uh, he did some stuff recently with Ezra Institute. Yeah. Um, he's written some books on this subject. We are going to have Dr. Jones on um, soon. Soon, yes. Relatively soon. Yes. But before we do, go go and listen to his lecture on oneism and twoism. I'm telling you, it's going to blow your mind. Uh, he really takes Romans chapter one. And he unpacks that discussion about uh, people who are fallen, who worship and serve the creature rather than the creator. Right. Um, and he really dis displays how all of human history, all religion and belief really comes down to oneism and twoism. And if you're like, what in the world does that mean? He does an excellent job of actually taking biblical explanation here and describing it in such a way as look you're either going to have a oneist mindset and mm -hmm. worldview or a twoist and what that really is and it comes comes down to this environmentalism discussion very very closely is that you're either going to view humanity as sort of coming from the creation itself without god devoid of god so there is no creator creation distinction like the christian worldview has right. Um, and you're going to have all of creation sort of coming from the same soup. And it's all one, one, mm -hmm. one. And so new age religions, humanism, atheism, agnosticism, environmentalism, coming down to this oneist mindset that there is no creator creation distinction. It's just all one. Right. It was crazy too. We're going to do a, um, a show about the Charlie Manson, uh, Charles Manson murders, and even Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Quentin Tarantino's new film, where he sort of goes back to that mindset and uh, time and history. And remember that section of the film where uh, it was Char Char Charles Manson's uh, cult, the mm -hmm. girls, when they're introduced, start dancing down the street and they're singing the song about one, all is one, oh, yeah. mm -hmm. everything is one. Yeah. I was just like, yeah, that, yeah. it perfectly codifies and expresses that cultic right. mindset, all is one, as long as everything is one. Yeah. And I was like, that Peter Jones would eat that right up. Um, Oneism and versus twoism. Listen, here's the deal. You're either going to have a creation, uh, a creator creation creature distinction, or all is one. And listen, all the new age nonsense and hooey and all of the cultic stuff that's come into the world and all the environmentalism, the radical eco-terrorists have a oneist mm -hmm. mindset. There is no creator creation distinction. All is one from the same created order or not created order. It's sort of <laughs> order. Right. Yeah. Just came out of nothingness. <laughs> and we're all one with it. Now, if you do that, like Pastor Luke said earlier, as, as Dr. Wilson was talking, yeah. You're going to end up worshiping the it's creation. Worship, yeah. It's creation worship. Yep. And so all this environmentalist uh, eco-terrorism, uh, all of it is just creation worship. It's worship of the creation and creature yeah. rather than recognizing that the creator himself has created this. And there's a creator-creation distinction. And he places his image into the creation and he tells his image what to do with it. So his, cre his image is different than all the other beasts of the field, 
and all the plants and all the atmosphere and all the rest, it, the image of God is, is above. It holds a very special place in creation. And then creator gets to tell image of God what to do with all this, which actually brings value to the creation because it's not just a pile of mush floating through the universe. Mm-hmm. And it actually gives a particular mandate to say to creature, image of God, here's what I want you to do with my creation. And there's actually an ought to it. It's not just sort of like a willy-nilly, maybe, <laughs> what do you think? Let's try this. Maybe we'll add a little oppression of government into this. Like, you know, whatever. It's actually an ought, a moral ought, where the creator can tell the image of God, here's what I want you to do with my stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very valuable, and here's how I want you to actually take care of it. But you're never going to fall into the eco-terrorism of people who actually start saying that the image of God is less than, and they do that, mm-hmm. less than creation um, or somehow sub- subordinate to it, right? Like the, the world and the stuff and the trees are more important, bro, than the humans, you're not going to get in a proper twoist worldview where you have God and creature. You're not going to get idiots worshiping trees and crying over trees and 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 treating the trees like they are actually more valuable than image of God. Right. Like, are we allowed to cut down trees? Yeah. How come we can't cut down humans? Like, can I take a, an axe? Well, you can if they're in the womb. Right. Well, there you go. And there you go. There, there it is right there. That's the unbelieving worldview that gets into that. So am I allowed to swing an axe at a tree for the benefit of an image bearer of God, say to build a house or to print paper uh, or to make paper we can print Bibles on? Yeah, I can do that. But how come I can't just swing, swing an axe at a human being? Well, because I recognize the creator-creature distinction and the fact that the image of God is something different than snails, horses, dogs, rocks, trees. But however, watch. If you have the creator-creation distinction, you're not going to be so foolish as to say, burn the whole thing down. Right? Like, it's meaningless because the image of God is so much more important, so burn the whole thing down. No, proper creator-creation distinction says proper dominion, Mm -hmm. respect for God's creatures and creation, but more importantly, respect for the word of the creator who tells me what the ought is in this stuff. Exactly. So, yeah, I was just going to say a, a perfect example of this. And I, again, I go back to that cross politic interview. Um, a perfect example of what what environmentalism looks like when it becomes worship. So you have these people that want to eliminate all the fossil fuels. Right. And like Dr. Wilson said, that's not the problem. The problem is that people aren't cleaning the the exhaust like we have the the capability to clean that exhaust and so that all that's left is co2 so when you when you have these environmentalists say co2 is good yes so when you have them say let's eliminate fossil fuels they're actually what they're doing is eliminating co2 um production which we need for which we need for crops and so if you listen to that episode he said that essentially the amount of it's trillions of dollars of crops trillions of dollars of crops we'd be eliminating if we got rid of fossil fuels so this is a perfect example these people worship the earth they're more concerned about the environment than they are how it impacts humans because ultimately your humans can't survive if we're not producing crops if we're not eating yeah we die and so that's a perfect example you worship and serve the creature rather than the creator you end up actually killing the creature (laughs) yeah so so let's 
Let's not be foolish, but let's make sure that we honor and glorify God and are biblical in our thinking on this subject. I say this, look, say, I say this, look. The Christian worldview gave the world its technology and science and all the blessings and benefits of the Christian worldview we have today. The unbelievers borrow from the Christian worldview because they can't produce this stuff on their own. Their worldview doesn't give rise to logic and mathematics and technology and all the rest and human value and dignity and laws and justice. Atheism and humanism doesn't do that. However, today, because Christians have backed away from culture, now the humanists take over this stuff, pretend like it was theirs to begin with. It wasn't. So let's take it back from them because yep. it doesn't belong to them in the first place. It doesn't fit in their puzzle. Um, but in, even in the situation of environmentalism, let's take back the creature-creator distinction. Let's take away the one-ist mindset, get back to the two-ist God and creature mindset, which gives you a proper balance and understanding of loving God, loving neighbor, caring for creation, but also not being an idiot. <laughs> not being an idiot. Let's start with that. And, and doing the stupid things that Richard Dawkins and all the other humanists are suggesting about uh, creation and environmentalism. Let's not be stupid, guys. And the way to not be stupid is to be a Christian and read God's word. <laughs> so does that work? I think so. I like it. All right, guys. So ApologiaStudios.com is where you guys go to get more. Uh, make sure you guys pick up the episodes there. Sign up for all access. And if you don't have it yet, get your ReformCon tickets. ReformCon, yes. October 24th and 26th. Two-day conference, free third day, end abortion now conference for everyone who has a ticket for ReformCon. Uh, we're going to be talking about reformation in the public square. Do you need to be reformed to come to the conference? No, you don't. It's about reformation in the public square, bringing the word of God in the public square. We're going to have Andrew Sandlin, Dr. Joe Boot, Dr. James White, Luke Pearson, the guys from Cross Politic, uh, myself, and uh, I'm, I'm losing some here. Toby. Toby Sumter. Um, we're going to Sandland, Joe Boot. We're going to have a bunch of people here, guys. Rusty Thomas. We're going to have the guys for End Abortion Now. Lots of stuff. We're going to be seeing the premiere of End. Oh, sorry. Babies are murdered <laughs> here, too. Babies are still murdered yep. here. Be in prayer for that, guys. Uh, by the way, if you guys are not signed up with End Abortion Now, go sign up for End Abortion Now. Free training, free resources, but get your tickets for ReformCon. Come hang out with us October 24th or 26th. Let's get into the Word of God together. Let's fellowship together. Let's pray and let's get into the battle in the public square with the gospel of the Amen. kingdom. Here's the deal, y'all. Jesus is God in the flesh. Jesus is perfect. He died for sinners and he rose again from the dead. Repent and believe the gospel. We'll catch you guys next time right here at Apologia Radio.